What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents a history of sitcoms through WandaVision. This next episode is a doozy because we have left the sitcom format, but that doesn't mean I haven't found ways to connect it to old television. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff in it. We are now either two episodes left or one episode left. The internet keeps lying to me and I don't know what to believe anymore. It's one. Yeah. Who knows? Anything's <laughs> possible. They have to bridge that gap between Falcon and Winter Soldier. They know it's the only thing keeping us going. <laughs> uh, love a good weekly release program. But of course, I'm your host, Blake Schultz. And with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello. And Jamie Jarek. Hi, friends. Guys, what did you think about this week's episode of WandaVision? Which has a title and a number that I have not said yet. <laughs> Uh, yes, episode eight, previously on, is the name of this episode. That's why uh, we have co-hosts. <laughs> um, I I love, I think I texted you as soon as I like, love this episode. This was hands down my favorite episode. And it's weird because a lot of the stuff, we'll talk about a little bit, a lot of the stuff that was given to us on this, especially as Marvel heads, we sort of already had inferred or knew. But uh, I love any time that you take a moment to like, put the character or the heartbeat into an episode or into a series. And it's like, this is like, all right, let's take a moment and let's get to the catharsis of all of this. And Elizabeth Olsen was doing the Lord's work in this episode. Like she was in, she's always been great throughout the entire series. It was fucking insane in this. Like it was nuts how good she was. And uh, and so I, I watered up a couple of times uh, in this episode, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that is the, what I needed in this, some type of emotional connection, because I love seeing the sitcom stuff, and I, I interacted and, and loved that in a different way, but just, I needed something that, like, punched me in the gut, and that, this episode was like, yeah, I got you now, now you're mine, whatever we do to you in the next episode, we're going to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, um, I loved it so much. I mean, watching Elizabeth Olsen and Katherine Hahn just like try to outact each other for 40 minutes is like someone went into my dreams and created this television program. Uh, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen, I wrote a whole, a whole article that she deserves an Emmy because she does. Um, and not only was it such just like a great episode of television, but it's just so rare that we really get to see this kind of like reaction to trauma especially in the marvel cinematic universe i mean um i think i've said this before but iron man 3 is like the only time we've come even close and um it's just everything about it and even um we got to see why it's been sitcoms and uh wanda maximoff has taste the dick van dyke show is her favorite show <laughs> that really makes me happy uh, i agree i had very mixed feelings on this episode because on the one hand it is incredibly well produced. It is incredibly well directed, well lit. The performances are incredible. A uh, lot of very cool set work and design and transitions. I felt that I knew most of this information. I felt that the big reveal of, oh, well, she always had these witch abilities. I thought, and maybe I'm just having a Mandela effect that in Age of Ultron, they say the Mind Stone is, is bringing out powers that were there. I thought that was known, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> people, people, are, people put um, Ultron so far down that maybe they themselves have forgotten what happens in the I movie, mean, but I don't remember. We've had that. seven weeks to just hit, sure, Disney Plus, show me Age they of Ultron. They keep telling me I need to watch I, this. <laughs> I love Age of Ultron. I watch it all the time um, because it's 
the first movie that has Elizabeth Olsen in it. Um, and James Spader. I love Age of Ultron. Let's just end it there. And I don't think that they do. Um, but I mean, it is kind of a deal that um, that they're the only people that survived. So it's not like, so I think it was always maybe a little implied that something else was yeah. going on. Um, another thing that I think is worth mentioning is like, there have been so many holes with Wanda, like people have always like, why is her accent change? Why is her hair change? All this. And I think they really nailed it. Like just nailed her journey and and made a- any question marks or no well anybody who doesn't know why her hair changes has never dated somebody in the mid thousands that just (laughs) happens um but there was so much else that i I liked in it i loved seeing why the sitcoms and i i also thought that was something that we could piece together just thematically we've talked a lot about that on this show of like well here's what these shows mean and a third of the show is always why are we using this show for these characters we've been kind of digging at that i think i even Um, said on one of these episodes that i feel like i mean we sort of inferred that like i think that she's using this and recreating that's why it's not a one-to-one on these sets she's recreating this from stuff she used to watch as a child and but i think seeing it knowing it and seeing it are always different and getting these great moments with her and vision together watching the why the house in westview anything with agatha so much of the comedy too of that accent just comes and goes seems like a throwaway it? line but it's so funny i was like oh that's and, that's meta i love you know it. <laughs> i i was having this conversation with my roommate the other day of of people watch things for different reasons and we're starting to see a lot of people who clearly are watching marvel movies and i don't think there's anything wrong with this for the action i've always thought where they excel are the moments of heart are the moments of hope the jamie brought up iron man 3 which i think is an underrated marvel movie because it has so much of tony just dealing with tony and i i have to protect the one thing i can't live without and, and that's you and i'm just a man in a can like these are the moments that i like in these episodes age of ultron has them too hawkeye and wanda everything with vision these are I, to me what separates the Marvel movies from other movies in the genre? Are these emotional moments that even Sam Raimi's Spider-Man had? And this episode was full of that. The big line that's going around online right now of, but what is grief if not blah, 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 blah. Incredible. Vision spitting bars. <laughs> I go watch Paul Bettany read me the phone book. Um, all of that stuff was great. I just wish that we had gotten a little bit more new information. There was a lot of stuff there that maybe I assumed and then assumed correctly, which is great. Um, and I, I wish there had been one big, and there was, to be fair, we learned that she didn't steal vision. We learned yeah. that Hayward is doing something bad. We get our big comic book moment with the white vision, which, man, am I hoping for a big superhero finale now. There's got to be a big battle, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, biggest complaint with these characters in these movies is we haven't seen vision and wanda go crazy yet we nerfed them down in civil war they're not even really there in in well they're there in age of ultron but the beginning of civil war vision's not even helping out their big fight at the airport he just shoots a mind laser down and scarlet witch is just blocking people but i i want to see some like three-on-one battles with these giant characters i want and now we have witches on the table. The beginning with Agatha was also great. I'm wondering if we're still connecting all these to the Infinity Stones. We see blue, purple, and red. And since she's absorbing power, it's purple. We know Wanda's is chaos magic, which would be reality. If we're still color coding these to these abilities. <laughs> True. 
Yeah. Uh, we know. I also now the the urge for Doctor Strange has to be there, right? Because the other side of the coin of witches is wizards, and the wizards have to have the Satoria Sanctum. So I would assume that Strange knows about Agatha, and that that's going to be our big camp. I think so too. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I want to say um, what you were saying about like the thing you didn't like was no new like information. And while I agree, there were no big like huge surprises. It didn't bother me because in television that not every single episode has that. I mean, sometimes an episode is just you are learning more about the characters and how they're growing and and why they make their choices. And that's what makes, I mean, I, I've never preferred TV over movies or vice versa. I love them both so much. But there is something to be said about, said about television and how you get to learn more about characters and really understand their emotions because you get that time. Yeah, so I, I didn't. Right. I don't need um, uh, any answers. I, um, seeing her emotions are enough answers. But but it's, I do understand where you're coming from when you get only nine episodes. Right. Um, yeah, because you, you're you're looking at the crunch time. And you're like, well, we only got two episodes. This stuff that's, that's in this episode, I know. Can we do something new? Because I know I'm only going to get to do this one. This more is time. probably so I get the that's episode. Where when I get the whole thing and I can just binge it in one sitting, this is going to be an episode that I love. But right now I'm like, oh, but there's only one more left and I have so mm -hmm. many questions. Yes, yeah. I get that. I get that. Uh, um, it makes sense. I, I, I agree with old Jamie. I, I, I'm looking at Marvel's doing a good job of using these almost like comic, actual comic books. Yes. Whereas like we're doing each of these episodes going to be like not everything's going to be a high action sequence in each of these issues, but we're going to do something different where you can't really take this time you're basically doing the big event in the films now where the TV shows are like, we're breaking this down and getting to the minutiae of it all. sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I, I just finally finished this, the Vision and the Scarlet Witch run. Um, it took me a little while because the 80s can be a little rough, but I but I learned reading them all in one sitting that I I preferred when it got to the drama stuff, when it's like, oh, Quicksilver's wife is cheating on him. Like that was more interesting to me than watching like a fight in a drawing. It's... I'd rather I, like, yeah, it's why these characters have lasted so long. Spider-Man wouldn't be a relevant character without great power comes great responsibility and without mourning Gwen Stacy and without these other heavy moments. And even Miles Morales wouldn't have lasted the, the now decades that he's lasted without these connections to his community and these stories about his mom and his dad and his city. And if it was just flash and a pan action, they'd be as remembered as the Transformers movies are. I'm sorry, what are those? Well, you see, Terrence, there are robots in disguise. Well, but I'll be damned. There's something else in disguise in this episode, and that is their reference to sitcoms. While we are not doing a traditional decade because we're past it, we skipped the 90s. I'm tired of the 80s and 90s are the same argument. I'm tired of Malcolm in the Middle feeling like the 90s <laughs> argument. We skipped it, but I'm going to skip that plight uh, because now we're doing another trope of, of sitcoms. And I feel like this was a theory a lot of people had and no one's really addressing it, but it is in a way, a clip show of Wanda's life. I think a lot of people thought it would be a clip show of the shows we've seen from Agatha's perspective. And instead what we got was some Civil War, some Age of Ultron uh, and everything in between and some of the pilot of the episode. Uh, clip shows, as I'm sure everyone knows, are either wonderful or irritating based on how you're feeling that week. <laughs> They're often used as a narrative device to just simply go, here's what's been going on. They have a weird framing system around it, whether it's Homer Simpson in a coma or the Seinfelds up on trial bringing back characters from their past or even as weird things as community just pretending to do it. We're going back 
and mm-hmm. highlighting major moments of the show. The history of this dates all the way back to, I want to get my year correct here, 1936, when they would do entire chapters before TV, almost half the episode was a reminder. And at the time, this was almost for archival purposes. Nobody really knew about home video. It wasn't on anyone's radar. We really thought, we're never going to see these again. So doing a clip show, doing a before, doing a, a moratorium, was a way to remind viewers, lapsed viewers, new viewers, and even last week viewers. People have short memories. They're watching a lot of TV. But it was also a way to keep what was because we didn't have DVDs. We didn't have film archives. We didn't have Blu-rays or streaming or anything else. Now you can watch every single sketch of SNL, but you used to have to cobble together those best of DVDs if you wanted any of it. Yeah. This all went, you know, some of the most famous examples are the Three Stooges in 1949 and 1957, which would constantly reuse old footage and old gags. It was later used closer to shows either being on syndication or giant, huge moments in this show, introducing a new character, a character leaving. But often it did come down to budget. In animation, they did it a lot because you didn't have to spend time on animation. You didn't have to spend time in production. If you needed an episode up, you got one. 22 episodes was a lot. Right. You could just spend one whole, like what you would normally do for a week of taping. Like, well, you guys only need to be on set one day because we're going to do the rest of this through clips. I think they're also interesting because they really show the change in how we watch and develop TV. Because as DVDs got popular, as syndication got more and more common, as streaming came in, No one does a clip show. There's no no BoJack Horseman clip show because why would you need it? It's all right there and people consume this so quickly that if you now use, and you get less episodes, eight episodes on Netflix, 10 on Peacock. If one of these shows spent 40 minutes playing to what was, you'd be mad. You probably, people now binge the entire MCU before one movie. This is, yeah, yeah. it's, Uh, go ahead, Jamie. Oh, I was going to say, I may have said this in the past, but um, I just, on January, I rewatched all of The Office. And like when they got to their clip show, I was like, I watched all of this literally right. it, within like the week. Um, I don't need this. But but they always do it where there's like a little bit of plot slivered in. So they like keep make you do it. I'm so glad it's not a thing anymore. Growing up, even growing up, Friends was my favorite show as a kid. And it was uh, uh, in syndication all day. I mean, I could watch it all day. So even as a kid, just with having it, on TV, when they got to the, their clip episodes, I'm like, oh, I I can I can quote all of these I by heart. This. I yeah. do not need this. Nothing was worse than the rerun of the clip show. There was <laughs> oh yeah, because you're like, oh, it's a new show, and you're like, nope, you're rerunning the uh god coming home it. from school at three <laughs> yeah. o'clock, doing my homework till five before Fox showed me King of the Hill, The Simpsons, and that '70s show, and I'd get four hours of TV before the news which right. I didn't watch because I was a kid yeah. um, or, you know, whatever. And if one of those 30 minute blocks was anything that was a clip show, I was furious. Unless very specifically in a pre YouTube world, I really liked the Simpsons clip show episode. That was all their musicals mm-hmm. because I couldn't just look up musical numbers on the internet. Like I can now. So usually if that one popped on, I got very excited. <laughs> I didn't it's, know that was a thing, and now I need to go find that episode. Yeah, they do a whole musical clip show episode. That's ooh, great. I got to find that. It's interesting because like, I went down the whole rabbit hole of this because the title of this is also the trope that it's called, like it's it's known by. Like Previously on is the trope that this is used, and it's used in a couple of different forms because I know some TV shows still do it. 
um, the stuff that comes before an episode where it's like previously on and they'll specifically cut it so they'll give you clips that are giving you clues as to what you should be paying attention to. So like, yeah, this might have happened like five episodes ago, but right now this character that you saw five episodes is about to pop back in. So this is why we're showing you this now for this episode. That's one version of the previously on. And then the other one is sort of what Blake has been talking to. And it's a couple of versions of those. It's either a clip episode where we're like, we're going to show you all the stuff that we've done in the past or sort of what this show did where we're going to show you stories from the past but not necessarily what you've seen but we're doing a flashback to stuff that happened to fill in some of the gaps of story beats that we have not shown you before but this character's life is going back newsroom does that does that a lot when like from season two to season three the top of that season three is like hey this is a previously on episode, but we're basically bridging the gap between two and three to cover some of the stuff that existed in those five or seven months of off air time or like history time. We can do it in one show by showing you flashbacks of what these characters were going through through that time. Um, and that's sort of a different form of previously on, which is more what it's in line with what this version of WandaVision is doing. Um, Blake brought up the community episode and I, you know, I just wrote an article of like the essential uh, sitcom episodes to watch and now I'm actually mad I didn't think of the community one, because I think that is those that is the perfect example, I think of what you're talking about I mean it's more for bits, you know, it doesn't really give you information, but I think that it's so clever the way that they do it. I think that's another reason why a lot of people got just tired of it because usually these episodes will be framed literally all the same way like let's open up a photo album or let's do a court or some type of court sequence where we like we're gonna we're there's no more generic way to set this up than humanly possible community is one of those ones where it's like all right we're gonna have a little fun with how we we go about this as opposed to doing this yeah same. it was always the powers out we have to yeah. tell old stories yeah. uh something's happening with a relative and we have to pull out an old photo book <laughs> like the entire family has not been around each other the entire season but for some reason on this one episode everyone happens to be in the same place at the exact you mean same like place. how every episode of modern family they're like we have to get the family together and i'm like you get the family together once a week <laughs> I, no I, urgency for this i have to update you guys because i started modern family before our last episode to like just sample it but i haven't stopped and now i've watched the first three seasons and i don't even really like it but for some reason i'm like oh i've got i'm gonna keep going like, like it's really easy and it's it's just kind of a nice thing to watch like i don't like it, i don't laugh that much occasionally it'll get me um but but there is something there's something about it that's like really comforting and uh and i can't believe that it's it's only been a week and now i'm like about to start season four it's like you said, it's very digestible. And I think right now we, like Wanda, need some comfort shows. Because if we're, we're getting, it's very easy this episode to go, why are we using this trope for this week? And it is that we are now seeing that television is what got Wanda through the toughest times. That really, when we, when we went back, we're seeing her dad selling, I thought it was like bootleg shows, but other people seem to disagree with me. His suitcase of DVDs, I thought was like, the person on the street in Chicago who's like, I've got the new DVDs. It felt like those were the box cover for those seemed like those were the original, like original art. Yeah. I just think he got a US copy of those or the US version of those. And I don't necessarily think they were illegal. That them. Malcolm DVD had to be fairly new. Well, that's um, why I like, was like, are these timing wise? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it had to have, like, I feel like TV, I, I wanted to look up when, when, because I started collecting DVDs in 2001, Malcolm was 2000, and what, Wanda was maybe, like, 13, 12, uh, and she was yeah. born in 89, yeah. so the math, I think, checks out, but I, it, was, it was pretty hairy, including the Malcolm DVD, because it was the only, in the whole case you saw, Malcolm was the only, like, newer show. Newish, like, like, who's the, the most... boss was spined, and then had, like, a couple of other, and I was like, all these shows fit into the same almost year and then that's a brand new dvd like Malcolm does not fit the rest of it kind of explains why we didn't get a 90s episode though because if she was that young watching like nick at night type show nick at night type shows that's just where we watched them yeah. nick van dyke <laughs> i love lucy growing pains right and then she was growing up during malcolm in the middle it almost makes sense that she would like now she would be going back and being like wow friends and seinfeld like mm -hmm. she'd be in the discovery process the way i was with like 80s stuff right mm -hmm. but which is why to me though it's weird that malcolm is in there at all i don't know it just it, it, it doesn't seem to fit and i and i i definitely want to talk about all of the episodes that she watches but i will just since we're talking about malcolm now um of of the fur of the of the um dick van dyke and the brady bunch episode she watches which i do want to delve into later it makes sense i don't i cannot figure out why health insurance is the malcolm episode that she's watching during her big emotional scene with vision um i don't know why that was the choice uh whereas the other shows I, I can clearly see where they were coming from and there's nothing wrong with that I watched the episode last night it was very funny um but but it, of of a seven season show why was that the episode they felt needed to be in that moment I feel like it might have just been because of how slapsticky and dangerous that bit I was, was that gave Vision a line to beat into what he was going to say um because otherwise you're right it doesn't thematically it doesn't make sense but I think that that is a that looks nuts. Like that man should be dead. But for comedic purposes, it gives Vision a reason to, to jump off into what he's. That's what he true. And next. Vision should be dead, but he's fine. <laughs> okay, you know what, you guys, I'm told. Uh, I, uh, you, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Um, and uh, thank you. This is why I talk to you. You fill in my brain gaps. <laughs> That's the trick. Um, <laughs> So then, Jamie, why why were these episodes chosen for this episode? Oh, I'd love to talk about twister. that, Blake. Um, uh, okay, so first of all, we have to talk about, okay, the Dick Van Dyke episode. Now, there's a little wonkiness, but I can explain the wonkiness, and we actually touched on this in our first episode. And it's, she says that she wants to watch season two, episode 21, the Walnut episode, but that's actually season two, episode 20. But if you go on Hulu, it would be marked at 21 because the unaired Carl Reiner pilot that we talked about, the, uh, I can't remember the title, something family, happy family, something that's not right, but it's in that, uh, something like that. Um, they include that. So I don't know if they include that in the DVD, but I'm going to assume so. I mean, it was a nice box set that had special yeah. features galore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but it is. But like, I even uh, my friend Nora did a BuzzFeed article, and even she, because we both in both of our articles talking about it, we were like, well, they misnumbered it. It's wrong. But it's like, I guess it depends. I don't. I, I wish I, I had the box set so I could look and see. Uh, any listeners, if you have the Dick Van Dyke box set, please let us know what the numbering is. Um, but but so okay, that's taken care of. We we understand that. But the Walnut episode specifically makes so much sense because it's um, Rob and Laura are in bed. Rob's watching um, some sci-fi and it's really scaring Laura and she's really upset. She does not want the scariest thing before bed. 
Um, but then Rob is the one who has like intense nightmares where like walnuts are everywhere and he keeps seeing walnuts and uh, and it's like terrifying and he can't wake himself up. And it ends in that adorable moment that you see in the WandaVision episode where, where Mary Tyler Moore falls out of the closet with the walnuts. She, gosh, what an adorable, perfect woman. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that they chose that episode specifically. I mean, it's about, you know, science fiction and nightmares and, uh, and, fears and i think that i mean that like it's literally an episode that the scarlet witch could have inserted into your brain um and also it, when when wanda and her brother are, un, are waiting for that bomb to go off she literally says something along the lines of you wake up um or the 30 minutes ends or something along those lines and, and the nightmare's over and that is what that episode was about that you will wake up from your nightmare so that episode was on the nose like i can't think of any other episode they would have <laughs> chosen um right. for that um, and she like moved on to the Brady Bunch episode. By all means. <laughs> so um, the Brady Bunch episode we talked about a lot already in our 70s episode and it was Kitty Carriol is missing. And obviously um, there was the connection uh, where Vision was playing with the Kitty Carriol doll uh, in the 70s episode. And uh, and so it, it makes sense, I think in the scheme of things where you know Cindy Brady has this doll to play house with. Um, it's her baby. It's her fake little baby. Um, and if uh, Wanda knows about anything, it's fake little babies. Um, <laughs> uh, I think again, Kitty Carroll goes missing right on the nose. It's also a, cl- I mean, a classic episode. It's, it has the the Brady kids are all team are all against each other. It's right. got that really good trial scene. Uh, it's a it's an iconic episode, much like the Walnut episode is. I'm not as familiar with Malcolm in the Middle, so I don't know if the health insurance is considered like a top tier episode. Uh, I don't know like, either. I would have yeah. to assume it is just because it's mm. very good. But yeah, it's a good episode. I mean, I, Brian Cranston, yeah. any worthy stuff. Um, but but in, but again, you guys sold me though. I totally. I'm like, yep, nope. That's why they picked that episode. So that makes sense to me now. Um, but I do like the carefulness that they of which they chose them, and um, and I especially it's interesting that the Kitty Carol doll is really the only specific prop though like i'm surprised we didn't see walnuts in the first episode right yeah yeah well, it, it was interesting to see i mean you obviously we don't watch or watch all of the shows but it's it's kind of cool to see her as a child watching it and like just think about when you were a kid and you watch shows like what is it that's stuck in your brain that you remember like oh i remember dick van dyke tripping over this ottoman so i'm gonna when i recreate this i'm gonna have vision go through one of these like chairs or ottomans like you pick and choose certain things and so not all of it sticks especially at that age you're not comfortable remembering especially when you go through as much trauma as that young lady goes through you're not going to remember every one of those sitcoms that you watch (laughs) oh i mean even now i combine i used to know the simpsons like the back of my hand and now i'm combining episodes and jokes and bits but so then i guess the last bit that we're going to talk about here are our 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 comfort shows that we have we're in a pandemic i'm sure we've all binged a thousand shows uh jamie what are some of your one tell us what you think a comfort show is and what some of those are for you i can happily tell you that because my whole life is comfort shows um i mean i think a show that um that makes you feel 
safe uh, and make that you're comfortable with and that you know and um 99% of my comfort shows are sitcoms with the exception of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um Buffy is my favorite show of all time and I've seen every episode a million times and even though it's dark and some of it's really sad and scary um it, it has become a comfort show for me and it is one I've watched through twice I think already in the pandemic um, because I love those characters and I love, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier um, in terms of shows taking their time and not, and, and, and I think Buffy is the perfect example of a great 22 episode show where you can have the monster of the week and you can have, you can flesh out your characters and learn about the characters. Um, uh, and I think that that's really what defines a comfort show. Uh, again, it's rare that my comfort show was like that. Some people's comfort shows are murder shows, uh, like true crime. I could that couldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> I can't deal with com- with um, true true crime. Um, so uh, I totally nothing has been more relatable to me than a whole Marvel show about somebody who deals with their trauma by watching TV. I mean, come on. I was like, I feel seen. I know this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. As soon as as soon as she was on the on the bed with Vision, I was like, "Oh, I've been this person." Like when something terrible happens in my life, I, I either like listen to music that I that like I know, or I'm I'm watching some type of content that is like makes me at least feel comfortable, even if it's for like an hour or however long the episode or show is uh, that that does that for me. Um, it's funny though. A lot of my comfort shows are almost time based. Like Scrubs is one I can I can watch whatever, but a lot of mine is time based. Like when I was younger, I used to watch Golden Girls with my mom all the time. My mom's no longer here. So Golden Girls is one of those ones where I'm like, that feels like a warm blanket that I can put on. I'm like, I can watch this. And I'm like, oh yes, this reminds me of that time. And then there's stuff like Grey's Anatomy, which doesn't seem like it would be a comfort show because that show can get a little dark, but it's the first series that I actively got into right after I moved from LA. I mean, right after I moved from Detroit to LA. So it's like, it's been on from I from when I got out here till now. And it's like, oh, I can go back to the beginning. And I remember what how my apartment how i had no furniture in that first apartment the very first episode i'm watching like while my tv is on a box and i'm watching i'm like oh yeah this reminds me of like getting started out here so i'm going back to that process so it's like triggering points of life and i'm like oh yeah that takes me back there that was fun i feel like i wear all of mine on my sleeve if you've been listening to the show (laughs) you already know them um it's i put on my like the tweet that was going around like, oh, you're WandaVision and what are yours? And I said, I love Lucy, the facts of life, Gilligan's Island, Seinfeld, Simpsons, the office and community. But really the shows that I can put on any time that'll make me feel good are the Simpsons, the office and probably scrubs. I think those are the three that I can just constantly, I can just start at the beginning and just lose myself. And probably Parks and Rec is in there too of just whatever, they're just a little easy and they're digestible and I know everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> I think yes. the thing that I like about watching Scrubs in the office that makes me feel comforted and they've done a lot of studies on this now of like if you have anxiety, you rewatch shows because you don't have to worry about anything. So like right now we're all very worried about those kids and Agatha and everyone <laughs> and Vision. And we're, there's a lot of us like I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was also my issue with this episode is I was like, but there's so many things I don't know. Is Where are the okay? kids? Where's Pietro? Where's Chitty Where Lou? is Pietro? Is Darcy oh, okay? Friends. I haven't seen her. Where is she? Look, we also, yeah. we finally called her Scarlet Witch. I love that. We Amazing. got a lot of comics. There's a lot in there, but yeah. those are all the shows where I'm like, I know 
everyone like scrubs i'm like i know it's gonna end and jd's gonna get everything he wants and everyone's gonna get everything that they want and it's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. and in the office i'm like because i hated the last season of the office when it was like jim and pam are on the rocks and now when i rewatch it it doesn't bother me because i'm like well i know they're gonna be fine I know they're going to be 100% okay. the same. That, yeah, that happened. Like, I'm, I'm Blackish is another one of those shows that I can watch. But there's a season in the middle of Blackish where they go through, like, uh, like they're separated and they get divorced and they start se- having separate homes. And I'm like, I don't like any of this. Or I also hate the episodes after that, like, back together. And I'm like, okay, I know where this is going now. So I've been through the, the turmoil of this. I was, I was in college when the Michael Scott Paper Company arc was happening. And I remember every week being like, I hate it. This is bad. I don't like where the show is going. And now when I rewatch it, like, this is a really funny season. They did well. <laughs> and it took me a while to be like, oh, it's because now I like my dumb idiot brain is like, I know it's gonna be okay. And yeah. you want that with sitcoms. I, I feel like I should mention some of my sitcoms because Buffy shouldn't count because it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I think I went through like deep phases and like Terrence was saying time. When I was a little kid, it was all about Full House. That was my comfort show. I mean, I've loved the Olsons my whole life, you know? Um, And then in my older kid years, 13 years, even like early college, it was Friends. I think it's safe to say there is no show on this earth I've seen more than Friends. But interestingly, recently, I I started from the beginning because it'd been a couple of years and I made it to season three. And it's still, I think it's a great show minus its problems. I think the joke writing is unmatched, but it got to the Ross and Rachel drama. And even though I know it happened the ten million times, I was like, I'm not mentally in the mood for this. Um, and after in Chicago, after college, it was Parks and Rec. The, um, my roommate Beck and I watched Parks and Rec. We would just sit and watch a whole season in a day and just in a phase, phase fog, like, what just happened? What, like, we've done this so many times. Why are we still doing this? And these days in the pandemic, I rewatched Community twice. Community was has been a big source of pandemic comfort. Um, but but one the last few years for me has been Cheers, 100%. I came to Cheers kind of late in life. I didn't start it until after I graduated college. And now, as you know, I have a giant Cheers tattoo. Um, there is something about Cheers that really hits me right in the soul. And uh, that, God, it aged so well. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, well, recent comedy that I've gotten back into was, uh, thanks to Disney Plus, is Dinosaurs is now on there, and that is a show that- Not every a show time where I, you know it'll be fine. Oh, no, oh. it won't be fine, because we know what's going to happen to those, those no. wonderful, but it's, but it's so like, sad. I forget how much fun I had with that show and how intelligent it was, and I'm watching it just smiling, like, oh, this is a good time. Like, this show was oh, like, way yeah. ahead I need to time. go back now that it's on Disney+, Plus because I love that as a kid as well. That and yeah. the Muppets, they're just hitting all the cues. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been watching a lot of the Muppets. When am <laughs> I getting my puppet WandaVision episode? Oh, give me a musical episode. Give me a puppet I, episode. Like, musical, puppet, animated. I, I want all of it. Yeah. Have you guys seen the puppet episode of Angel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, season five of Angel is my favorite season of television, and the puppet episode is a, and it's an episode that leads into the saddest episode of the entire series, which I love that. There's nothing better to me than like hilarity, death. And then just, I'm breaking you and your soul. Oh, you must love Scrubs then, Jamie, because in 20 condensed minutes, they're like, what if we did some comedy, a little problematic comedy, and and then we just hit you in the heart. We're going to take an anvil over your heart. 
enjoy. I think after Modern Family, I might rewatch Scrubs. I, I have it all. It's but it's been. I don't think I've watched it since I gave up halfway through that terrible final season. I do not think I've Just, watched it. Since it that's then. the spinoff, and you can ignore it. Just one through yeah. eight. That's yeah. when people are like, eight. they ruined it with the last season. I'm like, no, that's a different show. It sucks because I really like Liza Coop on that that last season, but that series is not good on that final season. Oh. <laughs> um yeah what an episode what a show we only have one more and then i just don't know what we're gonna do with our lives oh i guess it's Falcon in the winter soldier time this episode has to be above an hour right at least an hour right i like read 50 minutes i, I don't really, know if that's true but i read 50 i trust marvel more than i trust most companies I and i trust kevin feige more than i trust any producer working I mispronounced it again, didn't I? Is that how you say it? I don't. I, sometimes I hear names and I'm like, is that it? Because I I've only been read saying things. Five for years. I've also heard I thought it was Feige, but... I, Feige. I've heard everyone say it every way. But honestly, like, I don't like. There are certain. Again, I read stuff. It took me so long to learn. Like Kevin Feige said, didn't say Shang Chi. He said, what did he say? Um, Shang. I don't know what he said, but I was like, is that how you say it? But then my other podcast, we interviewed the creator of Shang Chi, and he's like, well, I say Shang Chi. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, uh, it's a mystery. I've been saying Jamie Jarek on this show. Her other podcast host says Jamie Jarek, so I, we'll never know. It's Jamie Jarek. <laughs> it's Jarek. Uh, um, as long as you don't say Jirak, I'm fine. Who like, is saying? Who would say that? I guess because the I don't know some people. Is it a post nine um, eleven workout video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like close enough. Um, you're good. You're fine. Um, but I feel like they could fumble the ball in this last episode. There's a lot to and tie up. Part of that is audience expectations. We're not. I just like we're not getting the Fantastic Four and the X Men. No. I I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think we need to assume. That Quicksilver is not X-Men Quicksilver. I think we got to push that aside. And I think a Luke Skywalker-sized cameo might have been overselling it. I think that they're tricking us. And Paul Bettany is like, uh, it's someone I've always wanted to work with my whole life. I think he means himself. That's what I, I my roommate said the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was like, he's talking about himself. Yeah. Or yeah. a part of me was like, has he been on has he been on screen with Doctor Strange? He could just be like, oh, I've always wanted to work with Benedict Cumberbatch and we've never had a scene together in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I think Benedict is at this point the most likely scenario because I think they have to lead into Doctor Strange. Yeah, like every, everyone has been saying this this series. I mean, the reason why we're not even getting contemplating a second season of this is because like this is meant as a one-off to lead directly into a, the feature and elizabeth has been down there shooting all forever with strange so she's going to be a big part of that so this is directly so benedict is going to show up even if it's just a post-credit sequence i really but you know here. what else she might mean by luke skywalker cameo is dr strange might show up and rock shit like that Luke Skywalker cameo was awesome because we were just like, whoa. Well, it that's kind of that character showed up. It was that hallway scene. Well, that's kind of where I'm at with this because, like, there's only really two ways you can go with it, especially if you're leading into a feature film. She's either going to get crushed, and like those kids, we, we, if Marvel fans know no, they, what's going to happen to those kids, right? They're not real. So she's going to either get crushed and just be going to an even greater depression, or she's going to go batshit crazy and become the villain. And then Strange is going to probably have to show them, like, what the, we need to stop, shut this woman down now. 
And that's sort of what leads into whatever is going to be happening. I think it's going to be very similar to the end of Avengers Disassembled. But instead of Magneto going, give me my daughter, Strange is going to show up and just be like, give me Wanda. And -hmm. like no one, Sword, Jimmy Woo, Darcy, no one will argue with him. Like he will just show up and everyone will be like, we listen to him. (laughs) I mean, how else are you going to get, you're going to shift into something called the multiverse of madness i mean that's like i feel like that says it all um yeah there's only one way you're getting the multiverse of madness and that's wanda's kids are about to die but we know they're coming back later you 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 know we're getting young avengers we know we're getting wicked and speed so even when billy and tommy tragically die you know blake it's just it's just like jim and pam in season nine it's gonna be hard to watch billy and tommy die but we know they're gonna come back as teens or 20 year olds i'm really curious if we're gonna handle white vision in one episode or if we're gonna have a new villain that's just out in the world or if we're gonna really do the comics now and we're gonna get white vision who doesn't have any memories and he'll just slowly have to come back and we'll be waiting and waiting for him to return yeah either way it's going to be great. And then we'll just have to wait a little bit for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I don't think I'll enjoy nearly as much as this. But if you've I mean, been... Yeah, I, yeah, that was me just a girl. I don't know why I said, I mean, as if I was going to go into a full... I, I think I'm gonna really going to like it, but how can you top with our tastes? How can you top with one? Yeah, I'm more interested in, in Loki than I am in Same. Falcon. I mean, yeah. Tom Hiddleston, like we've got, like, I think Loki is maybe my second or third second favorite mcu character um i love a good arc and when you kill the star of my favorite tv show and i still love you you're like really doing a good job Tom Middleton. <laughs> well guys that's our show today you can leave us a review on itunes leave us a comment on youtube leave us a review wherever the reviews are I, I i don't care uh you can of course follow the show at hollywood adi on twitter and instagram i'm at as always blake terrence is at terrence tatum jamie's at jamie cinematics you're on the channel if you're watching and you're listening if you're on the podcast, but there is more on the YouTube channel for Hollywood Already Did It, trailer reactions and such. We also do another podcast called You Can't Do That Anymore about movies that haven't aged well. I do another one called How Do You Figure about action figure and toy collecting. Jamie is, of course, on Phase Zero and writes at comicbook.com. And uh, that is it.